More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off now. Clay is doing his thing in Nashville for the Patriot Awards for Fox News today. Um, so he is uh, off. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, I wanted to take us to the fight against anti-Semitism here for a moment, if I can. But first off, in terms of the news, you likely saw, if you've been on the Internet looking at the news in the last, oh gosh, I don't know now, you know, 14 or 15 hours, it's tough to do that math in reverse. There were uh, protesters and really rioters outside, about 150 of them outside of the DNC headquarters in Washington, D.C. Um, there were some congressional offices that were locked down as a result of this. And you're, you're not going to see certainly the, the crackdown on this that you've seen when People with the wrong politics, January 6th, uh, do anything that is even a nonviolent and uh, by code, by statute, minor violation of law. They're punished severely, as you know, January 6th protesters. There are people who committed no violent act whatsoever on January 6th who were held in solitary under the theory written out by a judge or judges that they were a threat of another Insurrection, insurrection meaning a violent attempt to overthrow a government. So DC is a scary place for conservatives these days, uh, for Republicans, for anybody on the right. And it is a free for all for those on the left for the most part. I think that's still one arrest that has happened in, um, I think it's in Montreal. They had a bunch of lunatic protesters in support of the Palestinian Hamas cause. Uh, they, they shut down uh, a bridge during rush hour <clears throat> in San Francisco. No surprise. Also, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge had people blocking it off, blocking traffic. A- among the most annoying things uh, that, that these protesters do or that any protesters do is the uh, blocking of traffic in rush hour on a major artery. You know what I mean? Like telling people they can't go on the highway. I, I, 
I think this should be treated with severity. I think that it is, it's almost like kidnapping when you're on the highway. You can't leave your car there. You're stuck now. And someone is forcing you to sit in your car for hours on end because, you know, climate change or the Palestinians or whatever. Um, it's, it's amazing. These, these people who do these things, who are shouting and screaming at these different rallies and taking on these causes, they don't have happy lives, and they're generally not winners. You know what I mean? Just gonna say it. Shouldn't be surprised to anybody, but it's the truth. And so they act out, they latch onto these things, they attach themselves to these things. Um, also, people who are filled with hate generally tend to be filled with hate of others or other individuals because of their own insufficiencies, their own failures, and their own lack of of greater understanding of, of humanity. So there's this uh, anti-Semitism that has been on full display from the left uh, since the October 7th terror attack. October 7th now should go down in the lexicon in, in our, our minds and in the history books as Israel's 9-11, because that's what it was. And uh, it was committed by Hamas instead of Al-Qaeda, but we've been discussing how people are starting to see, wow, there's some similarities in Approach and ideology from Hamas and Al-Qaeda aren't there. To the degree that now on TikTok, there's the maybe Bin Laden had a point idiots sharing their thoughts on things. Um, I wonder, I mean, of these people that are saying Bin Laden has a point, I wonder of them how many, how many of them have even the, just the, the most, the most rudimentary understanding of the history of Islam or the Islamic world, or if they even know the difference between Sunni and Shia. I mean, I honestly, the amount of ignorance that people are comfortable with while they take very strong political stands. Like, you know, uh, there are things that I've had to learn about. I don't know a lot about college football. I'm learning more thanks to doing this show, but you know, but I don't, I don't have super strong opinions on it because I don't know anything about it, right? These people, these uh, pro Hamas yeah, protesters, rioters, whatever, such strong opinions and such ignorance at the same time. And I think the, Ignorance is largely exploited by some who are just more nefarious and anti-Semitic in their intent and in their beliefs. So they try to convince other people who maybe are just not very bright and trying to act with goodwill. Oh, the Palestinians are just this oppressed people, and so you should always sympathize with them, uh, including sympathizing with Hamas after what Hamas has just done. So uh, Bob Kraft, Robert Kraft, the owner of the uh, New England Patriots, I, I, I'm sure he has good intent here. Um, he has launched this group, Stand Up to Jewish Hate. This just happened, uh, when was it? In the beginning of, let me see, it was March of, March 28th of 2023. Okay. So earlier this year, he had this group, Stand Up to Jewish, to Jewish Hate. And there's this ad that is circulating, that has been circulating in the Stand Up to Jewish, Stand Up to Jewish Hate.org. Okay. And I, I saw this ad today. I don't, I don't know when the ad initially aired, but it has a guy with his son standing outside of a, I believe a temple. But the guy's in a pickup truck with his son, a white guy with his white son sitting in a pickup truck outside of a, um, outside of a temple. And he's saying, you know, say it to their faces, say it to their faces. Now, when, whenever this ad aired or whenever this thing uh, was out there, and I'll try to, Try to track it down. I think it's, I think it's recent, but it could be, it could have been older. Cause remember, Kraft launched this, his foundation launched this, uh, stand up to Jewish hate campaign. And again, I, it's a blue square campaign. I think it's with good intent, but I just think what we've seen 
recently, and I'm very wary of this, is there's still this idea that there's like anti-Semitism on all, it's on the left, it's on the right, it's on the, no, it's really been on the left since, since, uh, October 7th. And it's been a lot of people who are not white who are in fact involved in the, uh, anti-Semitism. Yeah, that, that campaign was launched April 11th, 2023. So that ad, which is now circulating again, but I bring it up because the belief that it's like guys, right-wing guys in, in pickup trucks who are the anti-Semites or that in some way this conflict, you know, that people are thinking about this as though it's on all sides, all across the board, there's just this anti-Semitism that has always existed. No, no, no. The left, the Democrat Party, and the identity politics wing of the Democrat Party has been showing version of the Arab-Israeli conflict and anti-Semitism, which is largely along religious ideology. You know, there's a lot of things, but a religious and ideological grounds in this country. It's thought of as a race, as a race issue. Israel is white. Israel is colonial. Therefore, Israel is bad. And that's how the left approaches it. So you have a lot of the anti-Semitism. You see some of the members of Congress who are non-white and who are deeply opposed to, uh, uh, of Israel and always being apologists for Hamas because this conflict has been broken down in this way. They think of it as Israel is a white settler colonial state. This is what is being taught in colleges and universities, and that is why you have all these radical leftists. It is the radical left that the anti-Semitism is coming from. It is not, you know, guys who uh, are, you know, wearing MAGA hats and like to go duck hunting on the weekend. They're the ones who are standing with Israel, right? If, if you're looking at the political spectrum in this country, the right is who has rallied to the defense of Israel, and to the defense of the Jewish people since the 7th of October. The left is where you have, and within the Democrat Party, is where you have this this surge of anti-Semitism. And it's also, and people are starting to see this, the, the, the connection between, and I'm sure if you look at some of the entities in the groups, BLM and pro-Hamas activity, right? If if somebody was a big supporter of BLM or some group or entity was a big supporter of BLM back in 2020, 2021, there's a very high likelihood that they're also somehow very supportive of the Palestinians and Hamas in this whole situation. Even though aren't these such different and, and distinct issues? Like what what does even theoretically police violence against black men in America, what does that have to do with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, why should there be any crossover in this? Well, it's because of whom the left views as oppressed, and the left has created, we know this, what they call an intersectional framework, right? Intersectionality. What is that? Intersectionality is, you don't hear the term as much these days, because it's kind of vague, I don't know, it didn't catch on as much, but it's every group in society is either oppressed or oppressor, and there's a hierarchy of more and less oppressed groups. And at the top of the hierarchy, in terms of the most oppressive white males, they they there is no 
racism against them. But then you say, hold on a second. Well, what if a white male is Jewish and there are people on the left who are showing hatred toward that white male who is Jewish? Is it, that's anti-Semitism. Isn't that a form of hate that we should combat? Oh, the left doesn't know what to do. Now the system can't compute. It doesn't make sense. And then when you add the additional complexity of, hold on, well, in Israel there are people of of Middle Eastern ancestry who are Jewish, or of Ethiopian and African ancestry who are, are Jewish. And there, and there are Arabs, Muslim Arabs, and Christian Arabs, too. They don't often get talked about, but they exist. Maronite Christians and Chaldean Christians and Assyrian Christians. Uh, they live in Israel. So it's not just this white oppressor colonial state that we're even talking about. But you see... That's the way that it is mobilized. That's the way that they mobilize people here, and that's the way the issue is treated, and it relies on a degree of ignorance. And this is this brings me back to the beginning, which is there are people for whom the goal here is just the baseline anti-Semitism. They have hatred in their heart for the Jewish people, and they they push ideas and teach others things that are not true, or they ignore things that are true to create a perception that this is a straightforward anti-colonial issue, and by that they mean white people colonizing other people, and this is a straightforward racial oppression issue in Israel, which is also completely and utterly untrue. But this is the only way that they can try to achieve some kind of moral, I mean, high ground I think is even way too far for them to think in their deluded state, but maybe some moral equivalency between Israel and Hamas. In the aftermath of 1,400 people being killed, many of them babies and women being raped and the horrible things that Hamas did that we all know because it has been confirmed and independently reported on, we have the evidence. So they have to take it out of the framework, and this is what's so important. The left in this country has to take it out of the framework of what actually happened to something else where they can feel comfortable and they can feel like they're the good guys. The uh, effectively... Um, Palestinian version of Al-Qaeda, which is Hamas, they have to make this about a racial issue and not about a terrorist versus civilization. They have to make this about colonialism and not, hold on a second, there is a death cult that is waging war, uh, uh, waging a terrorist campaign, and, and in essence a war of extermination against the Israeli people. And that's just why when I saw this... Um, you know, this is now circulating. Again, it's old. It's an older ad. The team pulled up the date of it, but this guy with his son pulls up in a pickup truck and he's like, say it to their face. Like he's the, like this kid's the anti-Semite. And you just get the sense that they're right wing. You know, these are people that maybe, maybe vote Republican. You say, uh, the Republicans are the ones who have rallied to the Jewish people into Israel. It is the left right now that is is really spreading this uh moral confusion and moral rot that somehow what Hamas did, it, it could not be more clear. And I think one of the big problems that they have now on the in the Democrat Party, and this is a problem for them from an election standpoint, I think, as well. This could be a problem for them going into 2024. They can't make both ends of the Democrat Party happy. They can't make the uh sort of Biden old guard uh pro-Israel Democrats happy while also making the Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, hard left, pro-Hamas Democrats happy. They can't do it. So what do they have? What are they left with? Well, they're left with the incoherence, of course, that we see playing out day in and day out. 
You've worked hard to build your retirement savings. You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group wants to help fuel your growth. You can invest in their corporate bonds through your 401k and IRA to start earning tax-deferred annual returns ranging from 9 to 13%. There are multiple options with different rates and terms to choose from. Phoenix Capital Group is providing investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the free investment packet today at phxonair.com. You can diversify your investments and earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Play Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the river to the sea, it's used by terrorists to call for the genocide of the Jewish people. Do you regret using it? The White House says that phrase can be anti-Semitic. Are you anti-Semitic, Congresswoman? Are you anti-Semitic, Congresswoman Tlaib? 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 So that was, obviously, 
Representative Rashida Tlaib um, not responding to Fox News reporter Hillary Vaughn asking about anti-Semitism and the perceptions that Tlaib, among others, um, aren't just concerned about the fate of Gaza and the Gazan uh, civilians and uh, people who are going to be uh, caught in the midst of this war that Israel is fighting. I believe Israel is in the midst of a just war against Hamas in Gaza. And uh, there are members of Congress who very clearly by their sympathies have expressed uh, their solidarity with the Palestinian people and at this time, Hamas. I don't know what else to say. It seems to me very clear that they think that what Hamas did is somehow legitimate because if you believe that what Hamas did is entirely illegitimate, how could you not support the IDF and how could you not support the Israeli um, military response? to what occurred right if if you are anti-hamas right this this is quite straightforward if after 9-11 someone had said look let's not do anything let's leave al-qaeda alone maybe we'll talk to them at some point in the future but let's not do anything you know bin laden had a, had some good points as we see people on tiktok saying today if you said the people have said you're out of your mind i mean they just hit us we have to stop we have to stop them from hitting us again that's really in many ways point one and point two is and they deserve to get hit and Hamas deserves to get hit, and this should be the most clear thing imaginable, but there has been a a moral confusion, at best, really, I think a moral perversion, on the left in the aftermath of what we've seen on October 7th, and what we have is a Democrat party that still hasn't figured out how they're going to handle this. Crimes to deal with. Your local police department is not likely to arrest people for this kind of crime, so if you're a victim... You're the one left to piece your life back together with zero hope of finding the cyber thief. Having LifeLock's online identity theft protection is your best solution. I've been a LifeLock member for years now, and they've been very effective. In my case, they've detected threats to my online identity and notified me immediately so I could do something about it. They'll do the same for you. Specifically, LifeLock watches to see if your name and info is suddenly showing up with new account openings or if your info is being used to make a dozen purchases in less than an hour, for example, without your permission. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Having LifeLock is the key here. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now and save 25% off your first year with my name, Buck, as the promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use promo code Buck for 25% off. Welcome back in. I want to take some of your calls here on Clay and Buck. Uh, also, a few VIPs wrote in. I was referencing this, uh, this, you know, stand up against hate campaign and, uh, some of the older ads that I had seen. Some of them are recirculating now. It is, yeah, it's the son who was posting anti-Semitic things in the clip and the father in this uh, video, um, who is, you know, correcting the, the, uh, stupidity and anti-Semitism of the son. But what is getting some attention online now is just that it's, you know, a dad in a Carhartt jacket, a son who, you know, it look, I, I think they're like, they're in a pickup truck and this is supposed to be what anti-Semitism looks like. This, this kid and this father in the pickup truck. Uh, and what we've really seen is that anti-Semitism after October 7th has been a left-wing phenomenon in major cities. And a lot of it is coming from people who are not white. So. That's what is, uh, interesting about this and also the racialization of the Arab is, or the, I keep saying Arab Israeli, the, uh, Palestinian Israeli 
conflict and how it's seen in this country as somehow Israel is white and Israel is oppressing the Palestinians who are brown, and that is the very uh, simplistic take. But that's how the left-wing machinery now mobilizes and functions around this issue. Um, so the campaign has some, because people are saying there's some other ads, there's some good ads from the campaign. These are old ads, but they're recirculating now on social media, and I just think it is worth noting that, uh, you know, what you're seeing, the real anti-Semitism you're seeing is coming from the left, that's all, um, and coming from people who um, you would, uh, well, coming from people who spend a lot of time talking about their own oppre- their own oppression. They're worried about their oppression, but also they have anti-Semitism that they are sharing. All right, I want to get into uh, some politics here for a moment, or rather, electoral politics. And here's what we've got. Latest, latest national poll, Trump, Biden, general election, and a whole bunch of different polls. Fox News has Trump up four. Okay, fine. Fox News, right? Quinnipiac has Trump up two. Yahoo News has Trump up two. Economist YouGov, Trump up one. Morning Consult, Trump up one. And Rasmussen has Biden up four? Really? Well, that's kind of a surprise. But anyway, a lot of polls showing Trump ahead. Now, this is where I, I put out all the provisos and, and I, I want to be sure that here's what we just saw. And I, I haven't really said this on the show, I don't think, but the numbers were looking really bad for Biden. Democrats, it looked like they were losing ground. The economy is weak and prices are high. And yet we just had a really disappointing election day. Disappointing in Virginia, disappointing with a bunch of state ballot measures with regard to abortion, a lot of uh, disappointing with regard to the Kentucky governor's race, right? A lot of losses that Republicans have taken on this most recent election, despite Biden. He can barely, I mean, Biden's meeting with Xi Jinping, as you know, in uh, San Francisco. They cleaned up the streets of San Francisco just for Xi Jinping's visit. You would think they could do that. On a more regular basis, but no, only for she. Gotta make sure the streets look good. And there are a lot of people lining the streets, welcoming the communist dictator of China. Uh, but Biden, there's, there's clips circulating already of the same thing that we always see, which is Biden, you know, I don't really know what's going on, the whole thing. And yeah, he's, he's feeble, he's too old, he looks confused and all this stuff. And yet look what just happened. I know Biden wasn't on the ballot, but. How does the country feel? Country's moving in the wrong direction. You see huge numbers. Country's moving in the wrong direction. Democrats just won a bunch of elections. You say, okay, Buck, well, it was an off-year election and nothing really that important. I mean, it's important, I think, if you're a Virginian, but nothing that important was decided in the election. Well, I say, what about 2022? The numbers on crime and immigration and the economy, inflation specifically, all looked great for Republicans. And where did we have... Really big wins in 2022. Well, Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. And, you know, a few other places, but nothing, nothing so great. A lot of the tight elections, a lot of the important races went to Democrats, despite the polls, despite the perception, despite the numbers. And this is why you have a couple things. One, there's the messaging and there's the machinery that we will be up against. Let's start with the messaging. This is over at MSNBC. Willie Geist. Um, here he is saying that this is what the election, this is 16, this is what the election will come down to. 
democracy versus fascism. The reason that Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene and others like her behave this way, it's not an accident, it's because there's a reward for it. It's because she's going to get reelected with 80% of the vote or whoever it's going to be in her district. So the voters want that, at least in her case. And on the question of the story, it does appear the White House and the Biden campaign has started to get that, that you can't just run and say, well, unemployment's at historic lows, the GDP number was good this month, inflation is coming down. You have to start to tell the story of democracy versus fascism, which is where the stakes will be next year. Okay. The story is democracy versus fascism. He says that after a week of Trump is Hitler news cycle, which we have seen because he used the word vermin to describe, you know, the communists and leftists, you know, in our midst, whatever. So they are going to do this. It's going to be democracy versus fascism. And will that work on a vast majority of the American people? No, of course not. Will it move the one or two percent that will make the difference in six swing states? That's what the Democrats are banking on when it comes to messaging. I just, I find it particularly galling that they say that this is a contest of democracy versus fascism when during COVID we saw the Democrats are the fascists, actually. The Biden administration is far closer to fascism than anything you ever saw from Donald Trump. Think about this. Imagine you were to line this up. Imagine if I could actually have this debate with some Democrats, sit there and say, they say Trump is the fascist. I say, no, Biden's actually much more the fascist. Biden's the one who gave a speech, you know, flanked by Marines with the red lighting behind him, talking about how if you don't get that vaccine shot, you're basically murdering people. And we should get you fired from your job. And you better carry around something that tells everybody that you're, you know, clean. You've gotten the shot. You're good. Doesn't that sound a whole lot more like fascism, authoritarianism than, than anything Trump did? What, what is the, what is the big fascist move that, uh, that they're going to say that Trump pulled? Disputing an election? Democrats have disputed elections. So where, where exactly is the fascism? Where was the fascism when he was in office? With Joe Biden, it's very straightforward. He wanted to make you get a shot that was effectively worthless and that you didn't need. And if you didn't want to do that, you were to get fired from your job, can't feed yourself or your family, you're out on the street. Why? Because they say so. Because they're anxious about COVID. That feels a whole lot more like fascism to me, doesn't it? Doesn't that feel a whole lot more like the collective overriding the rights of the individual and a kind of extreme political allegiance that makes people abandon even the most basic humanitarian and and just human impulse to be kind to one another, to treat for Americans, to treat each other like Americans? Now, the ones who were using state power and policy to destroy that were Democrats and not previous. I'm not talking about historically or way back when. Talking about this regime, this Biden administration, what they did on COVID was the most fascistic, authoritarian thing we have seen in living memory in this country. So if it's going to be democracy versus fascism, I I can tell you, I know who the fascists are. It's the Biden regime. Now, that also brings me to, well, why is it that when the numbers are where they are, and people are concerned about the trajectory of the country, and we have all of these problems, why is it that we've just had a couple of really uninspiring election results? They have figured out. It's not about the polls. It's not about the perception. It's not about the truth. It's not about regality. It is about vote counting. Where do you get them, and who's counting them? They have better 
machinery in this regard. I said messaging and machinery. The messaging on fascism, we talked about that. The machinery in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Michigan, in Georgia, who is more on it? Which state party is going to have more early voting, more mail-in ballots, more uh, ballot chase for low propensity voters and all of these things. That is what is going to determine who actually is in power and who the next president of the United States is. And I don't think that the Republican Party, I mean, this is the same Republican Party. We just got a new speaker. Guess what? They just funded the government. I told people this. I told me I, I gave a, a, a live uh, speech. Live uh, speech is always going to be live, right? I gave a speech in South Bend with some friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, we, they kept asking me, the audience kept, a great audience, they kept asking me though, why uh, aren't you more excited about this, the fight over the speaker's gavel? And I just said, cause they're not going to do anything. They just funded the government till the end of the year. There you go. Oh, okay. So I bring this up, not just to, not to despair, but because I, I want to early in this process, Say this, and there are a lot of activists who listen to the show. There are a lot of members of congressional staffs who listen to this. Members of Congress listen to the show. Um, we have to get on the machinery side of this and understand the laws in the individual states and have the legal um, teams in place to both both prepare and to challenge, to have the get out the vote efforts in place, and to embrace every tool of electoral victory in the most Machiavellian fashion possible. If it's legal and it helps, we do it. That has to be the approach. I read all this stuff about how, oh, no, I'm going to wear like a tri-corner hat and go on election day because it will only be one day. And, you know, this is the way the founding fathers warned it. We're just going to lose in those states. We're just going to lose again. And uh, I can tell you I'm definitely tired in these last couple of elections of losing key races races that should not have been lost. And so I think now is the time to talk about it. And I will invite, I'll, I'll get some of the people that are doing this work, we'll get them on the show, because it's critical to highlight where good things are being done in this regard and also where we have gaps. The election's less than a year away. This stuff has to be dealt with now, because I can tell you this, if we just think, oh, we're going to win Pennsylvania because Trump is so much better than Biden, they just elected John Fetterman as United States Senator. You think that Biden's that bad? I wouldn't count on it. We got to get this done. We like saving money when we can, but how are you supposed to save when you're paying inflation-affected prices on everyday items like gas and groceries? Well, now, thanks to the Upside app, you can save with their money-back premise. This is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or goes out to restaurants. All you have to do is download the free Upside app. Use our promo code CLAYANDBUCK and get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Then pay as usual with a credit or debit card, following the steps in the Upside app, and earn money back. Download the Upside app on your phone today. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code CLAYANDBUCK to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas using promo code Clay and Buck when you download the Upside app. 
Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop today on Clay and Buck. Uh, our main man, Clay, will be back tomorrow. If you're going to watch any of the Patriot Award stuff on Fox, he'll be there. Uh, and uh, and yes, indeed. So wanted to take some of your calls to close up the show today. Uh, also remember, be, you can become a Clay and Buck VIP. Go to clayandbuck.com. Sign up there. You can send us emails throughout the show. A great way to correct our pronunciations or any uh, issues of fact, by the way. We read those emails and go, oh, my gosh. I said something wrong. I need to correct it right away, and I try to. Uh, some breaking news. Um, no surprise in this news, but uh, David DuPape. Remember, he was the uh, uh, deeply mentally unwell individual who attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer in the Pelosi residence in San Francisco. Uh, he has been found guilty of attempted kidnapping and uh, federal assault, and uh, he is facing many, many, many decades in prison. So uh, that just that verdict just came down. I'm also seeing that we may have word from the Biden, uh, the Biden special counsel looking into documents 
so I'm trying to see if we had the team take a look and see if there's anything breaking on that one because it looks like it's early stage on this thing about Twitter that's amazing is that you get much faster breaking news than you will really on almost any other site. Well, the show, for example, because Clay and I are both constantly scrolling and monitoring. Um, but you also can get false alarms sometimes where people say, oh, breaking news. They go, oh, actually, that's news is not breaking. Uh, oh, and if I could put out one, one, uh, just bit of, take a moment here, personal moment to say something. Um, our little dog Ginger is absolutely adorable. Okay. Her cuteness is level 10. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I never was like a, a mixed with poodle person before, but now I think they're great. I really love all dogs. I, I like all dogs. I'm, I'm, uh, across the board. I find ways. Ever, which looks like a giant mop. I mean, there's some really weird looking dogs out there. Borzoi. There's some funky looking dogs. I love all dogs. Um, but our adorable little ginger is, uh, I call her the adorable little, the, the adorable little monster because she only, she only, she likes to bite my hands, not bite them, but you know, nibble on them. And I'm like, do I, what do I do? People keep saying distract. And I look at this little, little puppy and I go distract. It only, I, I have bones. I have toys. I go, Hey, come here, play with it. Nope. Wants to, wants to nibble on the hands. So some of you might have even seen, I have some scratches on my arms from the adorable little dog. Uh, give me nibbles. So she's still the best. we Carrie and I are working on the, uh, the crate training and some of these other things. So if you have any tips though on the, on the hand and arm nibbling from the puppy, I could really, Use a bit of, use a bit of help for that one. And uh, I do, this is good, uh, it's good training for hopefully we'll have, uh, you know, a little bundle of joy at some point to be dealing with and, and I will have learned some lessons just in dealing with the canine variety, uh, of the very, very cute puppy. It is fun to carry her around because everyone just, you know, oohs and ahs at, at how cute she is. She's a lot of fun. All right. Let's see. Uh, Lee in Virginia, you wanted to weigh in. What's up, Lee? Hi, Buck. I've been a long-time fan of yours since your days at the Blaze. Shields high, brother. Shields high. Thank you, sir. I want to thank you for your continued service to the country. But you you finally said something today I might have to think we might reconsider. What, you don't like poodles? Uh, Well, that's another story. I do breed German Shepherds, and I tease my sister-in-law about having a squirrel for a dog. But um, (laughs) that might be too. But maybe uh, maybe we should consider freeing Constantinople. Uh, I don't think the Turks would like that very much. So I think they're going to keep Istanbul right where it is. Beautiful city. Have you ever been? Um, I have not, but um, I am concerned oh. with the direction of Turkey's politics and whether well, or not yeah, they're well, a true allies. So. That's a whole other so thing. Thank you, thank you, Lee, for calling in. I'd just say uh, Istanbul is, a, is, a, is an amazing city uh, to visit. Very cool, very beautiful place. Um, Apart from uh, the history that we were talking about there. Um, that's going to be it. I can't believe how fast the show has flown by. Remember, if you're a VIP and you have some dog training tips for me, hook me up. You know, Clay's teaching his son to drive, and I'm teaching my puppy not to not to nip. So, you know, we're, we're both, uh, both kind of living on the edge these days in different ways, trying to teach the next generation, well, next generation of, of human for him, next generation of canine for me. Um, but uh, he'll be back tomorrow. We'll have much to discuss. Uh, and I think, is Raymond Arroyo joining us tomorrow? Is that right? We got Raymond Arroyo. He's going to come hang out, talk to us about his book, which should be cool. And I'll go read some pages of it now. Thanks, everybody. Shields high. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 